You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave, uh, and the season, Dave, is is playing out exactly as we predicted a few weeks ago uh, on our uh, podcast right before the season. Packers six and one. I think we both had that. Um, I, I think I had them maybe losing to the Vikings, uh, but the rest of them wins. And I'm pretty sure. Who did, who did you have them losing to? The Cowboys, I think. And uh, otherwise, you're right on. Right. Too. Yeah, I'm five and two. I had them losing to the uh, Cowboys. And you had them at three and four, losing to the Bears, the Vikings. No, that must be a mistake. I don't <laughs> think I would have gone three and four. Yeah, and uh, Eagles and Dallas, you had them losing um, many times. So I was, I was right about the Eagles, though. Yeah, yes, you're dead on with that. You're, you're exactly right. Although the Eagles are getting absolutely killed by Dallas right now in the third quarter. They're kind of in the first part of the third quarter. They're down by 20 points to the Cowboys, so... I guess the Eagles just, you know, brought their A game, you know, to to Lambeau. Um, But otherwise, uh, Packers are clearly better than I expected. Um, But they're getting getting their share of good fortune. Let's put it that way. And I don't know how you feel about that. Are are you really – do you really think this is a 6-1 team in terms of how good they really are? Or, um, you know, are they just kind of – riding a crest right now. What's your take on that? Well, first, I think we should just pause and recognize how fortunate we are to be in the presence of greatness today. I mean, what we saw today was, I thought, amazing. Tony Romo is this, just the absolute best announcer of he all time. He was good today. He, he was very good today. Although he, his throat was a little, he was a little bit um, frog in his throat or something like that. Like he was coming off a cold or something, but he was good. He was as good as Jim Nance was not. Yeah, well, so that was supposed to be a uh, misdirect. I thought you were going to think I was going to say Aaron Rodgers. Did you no, not? You... I thought you were going to say it was J.K. Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, it was um, It was really uh, a joke because it really was Aaron Rodgers that played so well today. And I think after today, I think that they are a 6-1 team. Um, there's no question they got lots of breaks against Detroit. Um, now, did that make all the difference in the game? I mean, there's blown calls everywhere across the NFL right now. I don't know. There's a single game where people aren't complaining. On the Packers' last, the last game, again, Detroit, certainly I think there were some calls that really helped at the right time um, that made what was really a pretty bad performance by the Packers um, into a win. I mean, if, statistically, if you look at everything that happened, all the turnovers and everything, that the Packers came out and won, I mean, it, those penalties really helped. Now, today, I mean, I – we should talk about those those plays that happened. I, I guess the uh, I don't feel like the the Derek Carr fumble out of the end zone was uh, a, a call that went the Packers' way. Um, 
the Kumro. It, it, it's it's not the call. It's that it happened at all. Oh yeah. Well, that's what people are saying. You know, right now, if if uh, they had scored and this had happened, it'd really be 35-31. It'd be a close game. But you know, it wasn't. And you know, if it wasn't for the for the interception, I suppose maybe they'd had the lead. And if the Packers wouldn't have scored a touchdown, maybe the Raiders would have be up by 14. I don't know. I we've seen this before where the Packers were on the other side of this, where you know they really should be six and one, but they're three and four yeah. because yeah. of three plays. Well, you know what? It, it, I think Roger said it best. You know, it comes around or evens out over time. And for the last couple of games, I think it's just gone their direction. Plus, I think good teams seem to make their breaks more than bad teams do. You know, I think if you're – I mean, the Packers today played, executed very well, and then a few times they got a couple breaks. But I feel like the momentum was on their side, and it really helped them. So, you know, I've played on sports teams that seem to get breaks too, and it was never on teams that were – I just felt like we were going to lose. It always happened when it seemed when I felt like we should win. It just – so I, I I feel like the Packers are better than I thought they were too. And what I'm really excited about is the offense, which I want to talk, I'm sure, about and relative to the defense. But I was – this is what we were hoping for is that the offense would kind of build on, a, on each game and get better and better. And today I felt like we saw a glimpse of what it could be like um, you know, when it's really, really humming. And when Adams comes back, I think they may benefit from him being out because now they've incorporated all these other weapons, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's one of my concerns, though, Dave, is that, you know, right now, uh, the last three games, uh, you know, they, they have not uh, lost a game since Adams has been out. And I think that's because they've had to be more creative. Uh, they, they've had to use, to, today, again, eight guys caught passes. And that's the way it's been. I think it was eight guys against the Cowboys, uh, nine guys last week, and eight guys this week. Aaron Rodgers has to pass the ball around. When they're game planning, they've got to be more creative. They've done a great job of incorporating the running backs into the passing game. And we've been looking for that. Begging for, for that. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. For a, and this is what the offense can look like. But, you know, when 17 gets back, and you remember his comments before he got hurt, hey, you know, I'm – I got to get the ball. I got to get some targets. And Rogers says, "Yeah, we we, we got to target uh, Adams." I think that's bullshit, personally. Yeah. <laughs> I think what they got to do is they got to throw the ball to the open guy. Yeah. That and that's what they've been doing. And I think that's why he had a perfect passer rating today because he was taking what the defense was giving him. And I'm very concerned when Adams comes back, they're going to get away from that and they're going to try to, you know, scheme hit, you know, get get the ball to him. All of these people and 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 Chris Raleigh. I love you, guy. I mean, as always, you emailed us right after the game, and you have been pounding on. They gotta get a playmate. They gotta, uh, you know, get a wide receiver. Gotta. No, they don't. They they have guys who have some talent. They're young. They're inexperienced. But we've seen that they can win with the guys they have if they can scheme right to get these guys open, and if the quarterback is willing to pass the ball to these guys. And in the past, he's been reluctant. He didn't trust guys. I mean, what? I don't want you to marry him, Aaron. I don't have to have that level of trust. <laughs> he's got to throw the ball to him, and then they got to catch it. And now he's doing that, and they're winning. I don't think you need to acquire, you know, guys and give up draft choices and try to work and force somebody into your system. You just have to make your system work for the guys you have. And they've done that, Dave, because they've had to because they haven't had for the last three weeks, they haven't had 17. So I'm I, I'm concerned. I mean, yes, they could be a lot better 
when our guy is back. I mean, he is our close personal friend after all. Uh, but what I'm concerned about is that that's going to unbalance what they've been able to accomplish the last three weeks. Well, I think they could be better with Adams, but I think the I hope the philosophy stays the same. And I think this is what you're saying is that they're really successful when the passing game goes through the running backs and the tight ends. I mean, your staple is four to five to six yard passes. And then you hit an MVS and he goes for 74 yards, right? Because it's, you know, you're you're playing against the the short passes and then bam, you you hit a deep one. I mean, MVS, two passes for 133 yards because, you know, you can let him go deep all the time and not have to depend on him because you're feeding your running backs and your tight ends. Now with Adams going on, you know, I don't. I don't know what Adams would have done today that would have been better than what the others guys did. Maybe he would have caught an additional ball. I guess like, I can't think of any drops that happened today. I guess Lazard had a bad drop today, um, right. so maybe he got a first down there. There was a punt that Lazard I think dropped. Um, or there was only six incompletions, so there wasn't a lot of. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. So, but I think the the philosophy still needs to be the same. Like if they're throwing a bunch of wide receiver screens, or you know, he's waiting for Adams to get open. Rather than feeding that passing game through, I mean, the running and passing short, I mean, that's got to be the staple. I mean, I, I, I didn't look at the drive chart, but how many times did they have third and long? I don't think it was very often because on first down, they were really successful with either the run or the pass. I mean, throwing to Vitali, that guy is yes. wide open because yes. you're not paying attention to him. And, you know, you play, I don't know if the Raiders did this, but when you play that two deep safety, you're trying to cut off all these wide receivers, and then the fullback runs off to the sideline. Yeah, he's wide open, so now MVS can be open for the next play. I, I think that's exactly right. That's what I've been praying for forever. I think that's what we see in New England time after time, um, and we're seeing that now. And I got to believe that Rodgers just had his best game ever, statistically, six yeah. touchdowns, one running, and Adams wasn't playing. I don't yes. know if, if Rodgers says, Adams, thank goodness you're back. I'm going to feed you the ball. I feel like he's going to be like, whatever this system is, I'm going to stay with it. And Adams, all the better that you're you're playing. I, I'm going to at least believe that right now and not feel that he's going to screw it all up. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. It, it's a concern as as we go forward uh, that when it, whenever he's ready to come back, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be anytime soon. Uh, now, they're going to be playing, you know, some – some good defenses coming up, but they've got San Francisco looming, and San Francisco has got a tremendous uh, defense. And you know they're going to need they're going to need playmakers. But the way the whole reason they hired Matt Lafleur was because he was going to scheme guys open. Yeah. They were going to do things to make it easier for Rodgers. He wouldn't have to wait and scramble around and try to make things happen. And gradually, I think we're seeing Rodgers get away from waiting and waiting and waiting and doing more things on rhythm. And that has been successful. And that's what I think they have to continue to do. Um, I think you make a really good point about New England. New England has had a revolving cast of receivers. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not a lot of great players. They are guys that fit well into what they want to do. They fit well into their system, and they're able to consistently get offense and they got you know james white another this is a great example of a guy who's like aaron jones he can he can run the ball but he's a a threat out of the backfield to catch it that's i think that's the kind of offense that's going to win in the nfl it's the kind of offense that is multiple it's the kind of offense that can adapt from week to week based on what the defense is doing 
you know, you're, they're, they're not wedded to doing one thing. And, and the best thing that I've seen Lafleur do so far is you know, he just loves himself some outside zone. But when he saw an opportunity against Dallas and he realized what he had to work with that week would have been better to run the inside zone, he changed and he adapted and that worked wonderfully. And as long as he can continue to do that, to see what the other team is giving him, to see how his system can be modified to fit the talent he has, they're going to be fine without you know, going out and getting a wide receiver. I, I don't think they need to do that. They just need to continue to scheme the way that they've been doing with the guys they have and with the scheme they have, making it flexible and multiple. Well, I agree that that's how the offense should work. Could they have, you know, obviously when Adams comes back, I think the offense is better. Um, it just don't change the offense. I mean, stay, have replace everyone with one guy that's better. You know, you have Adams up on top now, and then you have MVS second. You sort of trickle it down, and everyone gets better that way. Although, I mean, what we're seeing is a really nice surprise in Alan Lazard, and we weren't uh, around for the last game because of it was my fault. I was in Chicago for a week. It was a Monday night game, and uh, so it's really all my fault that we missed the the Detroit game. Absolutely. It but is, yep. Absolutely. between that game and this game, Alan Lazard, subtract that one drop he had today, um, to have him play as well as he's playing, that is has been a really pleasant surprise um, that has kind of lifted the whole wide receiver grouping to be pretty challenging for teams. I, I you know I think it's, it is very New England-like where these guys aren't necessarily special. I think Lazard, Kumaro... Certainly, Jimmy Graham is on the downside of his career, and I can't quite figure out what who MVS is. I mean, today, I mean, the guy when he gets the ball and can run, he's fast. Yeah. But oh, yeah. uh, he can catch he's the got deep four, ball. Four three seven speed, you know. You know, he he is a burner. He's got four sub four point four speed in the forty. But Rogers threw for four hundred twenty one yards, and I know MVS had one hundred thirty three of it, but he only caught two passes. He yeah. was only targeted three times. I mean, how can what is his role on this team? I mean, is is he a number two or is he – I mean, if he's just a deep threat, then he's more, uh, I would say, your third or fourth receiver. He's just sort of like a decoy that you, you try and hit once in a while. It's sort of like the lottery of, of receivers. I can't quite figure out what role he's supposed to play. I, I, I think with, with all due respect, so you know you're about to be disrespected when oh, I say no. that. Oh. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, I think you're thinking about this wrong, mm. and I think a lot of people think about this wrong. And the analogy I will use is what's happening in Major League Baseball, where a lot of teams, including our favorite one in Milwaukee, have gone away from this idea of you know an ace and a number one starter. You have outgetters. You have guys who start the game, and they get as many outs as they can until the situation changes. I don't think the Packers should be thinking about number one, number two, number three, number four receivers. They should be thinking about getting guys into positions where they can do things. Now, this is a guy, he's got sub-4-4 four, four speed, he can stretch the field because even if he doesn't catch the ball, he can impact the offense because they have to respect that speed on the outside. Right. And you saw it today happening again and again where guys would take off to follow him and behind him that creates an opening, right? And then you put somebody into that opening and – chances are you're going to get a favorable matchup. You're going to get uh, Vitaly, you're going to get Jones matched up against a linebacker. And that's 
that's the kind of, of play you're, you're not saying, well, this is my number two guy, so I'm going to feature him in a certain kind of way. I think what you do is you view all these guys as weapons in one way or another. And they all have, you know, assets. You know, most of these guys are, are bigger, but some of them, you know, are, are a little better running laterally across the field. Some guys are better running some of these verticals. And you take advantage of what you have there, and you don't think, well, I've, I've really got to get the ball to so-and-so because he's my number two guy. No, what you do is you think about him just as another weapon that you can use in a particular kind of way. It's an asset that you have. And you don't try to fit it into a particular category. You just use whatever talent that guy can have on that particular set of circumstances. And the great thing about their their pieces, and this sounds kind of mechanical, but there's a lot of interchangeable parts. You know, these there's a lot of tall guys with size. And I hear people, well, you know, you have to have a true slot receiver. Well, they didn't really need one today. You know, that's... I, I, I don't think you necessarily have to have that because you can have same guys that have the same kind of assets and they can do same things from different kinds of positions on the field. You don't get yourself then into a situation where the other team sees, aha, so-and-so is on the field, so that limits the universe of what we can do. You want to have the defense not sure what you're going to do when MVS is in the game or when he's lined up wide. You want to move those. Everyone move everyone around that lineup, so the other team really has no conception of what you're going to do. So I, I, I really think a, a different kind of way of thinking about about guys needs needs to happen. That they're not one, two, three, four, five. They are what you have on the field that particular time, and they can be switched around interchangeably, moved around. Uh, tight ends, we, we've seen this. Jimmy Graham can play in line. He can play split out. You know, move these guys around so the other team has less information to make their decisions. I, you know, I agree with you. I think that's what I was saying is that he's not a he's not a true number two because we really don't have a number two. I think it's like you say there. Okay. Okay. I think Adams would be your one, and then you've got a number of guys that just do special things. You know, or they each have their specialty. And I think MV, like they don't throw a lot of. Uh, screens to MVS or, you know, I didn't, yeah. they only threw to him three times. And I guess the one big gain he had wasn't a bomb. It was a crossing pattern that he was able to run yeah. away from his guy and got a great block right. for, from Aaron Jones. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right. And it would be great if you could say, hey, I, I will put Adams as my number one. I think he certainly should be featured to a degree. But yeah. you could put uh, MVS, Kumaro, Lazard and Allison, they're probably fairly interchangeable. And that is really uh, a great thing because then the thing I've always wanted is to combine not just Aaron Rodgers' talent, but his his mind. And I always felt with the McCarthy system, it was you go out, beat your man, and then you know Aaron Rodgers will find you. But we didn't right. have the athletes that could do that. Or we had maybe one and none other. And then he wouldn't let it go until you were clearly open. Like that whole combination didn't fit. This is uh, a lot of movement, moving around, where you can use more of his brain, and he can see, and Romo points this out a lot, you know, this guy's coming in, or the safety's over to the left, well, I'm going to go to this guy over here, rather than, where's Adams, where's, you know, is he beating his guy downfield, and, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time, I've got to, I've got to scramble. Um, like, it's, there's a lot, it feels like it's a lot more cerebral at the line of scrimmage, and that there's kind of determination that it's going to be successful ahead of time. And the marriage of the offense with Rodgers, 
Um, look, I mean, the, the the stats show itself. I mean, he had a perfect passer rating. He threw for five touchdowns today um, for 429 yards. I mean, I, 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 there is no sort of better outcome other than he could have completed six more passes and been, you know, absolutely perfect. <laughs> but, uh, it, well, one was dropped. Um, but I'm sure a few others were probably just thrown out of the sidelines. I don't know if he, he had any bad throws, uh, you know, that I could think of. There was no near interceptions that I can think of. No. So, you know, they scored 42 points. Um, this felt very 2011 to me. Did you have that sort of feeling of we could kind of score at will? Our defense was shaky. You know, I think they came up with turnovers uh, when they needed it, got a little bit lucky. And, um, you know, statistically, they didn't have, a, 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 I think, a great game on defense. I mean, Carr, 119 quarterback rating. Yeah, um, well. They gave up 484 yards. Uh, In fact, the Raiders had more yards than the Packers did. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, But, you know, they won by quite a bit. It was was not – it's tough to call it a blowout, but it really was in – they had command of the game the whole time. It was very much like 2011 where we just got the lead. In fact, even just the uh, score before half and score after half, that was a big 2000. 11 theme. Up. Yeah, yeah, huge. And uh, and so the Raiders just, you know, they'd have to be perfect to match the Packers, and they just couldn't. They'd finally make a mistake. Um, and I guess I'd love for them to be dominant on both sides of the ball, like in 96 and 2010. But if, uh, if I have to have something other than that, I'd love to have an offense that scores at will and then makes your offense have to be perfect, and it's just hard to, to be that. Well, here's where it's different for me. Uh, in 2011, which was uh, Rogers' first MVP season, uh, I think he was 28 years old. I, I think that's how old he was then. And the offense they ran then was good for a guy really at the, at the height of his uh, abilities, both you know mental and physical. You know, they could run that offense. Mine was processing quickly, good offensive line the defense took the ball away a lot and put him in favorable situations uh and the receivers too were at the peak of their yeah he had five awesome receivers that could beat their man right right and and you know this is where i mean a lot of people are thinking that that's why you have to have a number one number two number three out of strong guys because in that scheme they had to win they had to win their matchups and they were so deep with those receivers and I remember them saying this, you know, we think that our number four receiver is better than the number four defender. And that was right because they, they had they had talent, they had depth, and they could win that way. Now, uh, Aaron Rodgers is older. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's, he's still got a lot of arm talent. Uh, you know, you saw it today, he can, he can still move. You know, he, he, can, he can score a touchdown today. He, there are still things that he can do. But he's not the Aaron Rodgers of, of 28 years old. And, you know, they don't have that top-to-bottom uh, talent at receiver. And I don't think that matters because in this offense, it's not predicated on guys winning their one-on-one matchups. It's predicated on getting the defense to do su- certain things, to follow certain tendencies that create opportunities and openings. And the offense they had in 2011 – you know, Rodgers, you know, could hold the ball and move around and wait for guys. This offense doesn't want to do that. This offense wants him to get rid of the ball. And gradually, as the season's gone on, he's become more and more willing to do that. A game like today is only going to make him more and more willing to, you know, follow the program. I mean, the, the more success you have 
and I would imagine when you took over your present job, right, you, you have to get the confidence of the staff, and when they see it works, they're willing to do, you know, the way you want to have it done. If it doesn't work, then you're, they're not going to buy in. Well, at 6-1, and one, I think Rodgers and a lot of the other guys on the team are saying, hey, this, this can work if we do it the way we're supposed to. So I, I, I think what's similar um, is, well, you know, the, the good record that they have is similar, and they have a defense that's opportunistic, although today just the one, just the one turnover today. Uh, but still, uh, this defense is probably overall better than 2011, which isn't saying a lot because that was, I think by yardage, the worst defense in the league, but I think they were among the leaders in, in turnovers. Uh, so that, you know, that was a big plus for 2011. So I, I can see some of the similarities, but I think there are differences just because of the nature of who Aaron Rodgers is today and what this offense uh, does. Now, this is the first time they've really scored a lot of points, right? This is the first time they've been over 40 points. And let's not forget another factor. You know, they've been playing at home a lot. Uh, yeah. Four of the next five games are on the road. And that's one reason why I started the podcast by asking, you know, can we really trust this 6-1 and one record that this team really is 6-1 and one good? And I think we're going to know a lot more after the next five games when they play four of them away from Lambeau. That's going to tell a lot. The plus side, though, is that they develop so much confidence. They've been able to run their schemes and kind of, you know, uh, like they do in Broadway, you know, they, they, they take it off Broadway to kind of get the kinks out of the system and then they take it on, you know. Well, maybe, maybe this is the kind of thing here where they've been able to get some momentum, get some confidence going. So when they go on the road the next four out of five games, you know, this is a team that is going to be uh, ready. And I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they got out of today's game without any serious injuries. And that that is just absolutely huge because they've had a lot of guys dinged up. They had 20 guys on the injury report this past week. And it, if they can you know, stay relatively healthy uh, and they got it rolling, I, I think they can get through these next five games pretty well. But it's, it's going to be a whole different kind of test playing away from home. Yeah, well, you know, other breaks that are falling their way is, you know, next week they play Kansas City and Mahomes isn't going to play. Um, exactly. You know, yeah. it, it yeah. is, you know, right. today they played uh, the Raiders. They didn't have the receivers, although I couldn't tell that they were short, good receivers. But anyway, um, you know, they but that passes to like 10 different guys. But that doesn't, you know, is that right? Yeah, I'm looking. Wow, that is a long list, um, including Trevor Davis, who. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see back. And, uh, you know, after I thought I wonder if I was going to regret him being gone after this game. And, you know, he had some nice plays, nice returns, but I'm not disappointed he's gone. I didn't. I'm not either. I'm not either. You know, I I mean, he might be a nice person other than screaming fire or whatever he did in the airport. But it was the the bomb threat thing. Yeah, whatever. Okay. But, you know, yeah, if they luck themselves into being 10 and one, let's say, well, all of a sudden it's you feel like 10 and one. And I, you know, I know that. You just you get breaks, and I, I wonder what's it's a chicken and egg thing. I'm not quite sure, but do just like I said, if you're playing well, you seem to get breaks. It also seems that when you're playing well, you don't have as many injuries, or is it the other way around? Is it if you yeah. have no injuries, because it feels like when you're stretching for that extra yard because you're you know it's it, it, there was a catch today by Kumro where he caught a ball is first down, he just walked out of bounds, um, and you know so first down, move the chains, off we go. Where a bad team, you know, catches it's third and eight, and you catch a six-yard pass. And you're trying to stretch for two yards, 
and that's you you blow your knee out. It's like you know, good teams seem to not get injured as much, and and maybe that's not true, uh, but I'm I'm hoping that is is that if the, the Packers are in command, they know what they're doing. There's less penalties, there's less injuries, and luck seems to show up that way. Yeah, you know, I think I think where the luck plays into it in injuries is not the sheer number of injuries; it's who gets injured. Uh, you know, it's it's are you losing Jordy Nelson like they lost in uh, 2015? Yeah. I mean, that was just. Uh, you, could, oh, you knew yeah. it, when that happened, it was like, uh-oh. Yep. Yeah, it it had that feel, yeah. Because they were, they were coming off of 2014 in that horrific game against Seattle, which made for a good podcast, but other than that, it was <laughs> devastating uh, to lose him. But when he was really at, at the peak of his abilities, was devastating. Now, you could argue you know, that losing Adams, although they haven't lost him for the season the way they lost Nelson, you know, could be that kind of thing, except that it's different. It's good – as Devontae Adams is, and as good of a guy as Devontae Adams appears to, to be, he's not Jordy Nelson. I mean, Jordy, I, I think, was a special receiver. He could do things on the field. He had a special kind of connection with Rodgers. And as good as Adams is, he's not as important um, as Nelson was, especially in the offense they were playing at the time. They're playing a different offense now where I don't know that Devontae Adams, as good as he is, is as critical and important as Jordy Nelson was in 2015. So it, it depends on on who gets injured, not just the sheer number. And, you know, as, as we learned in, in 2010, sometimes, you know, injuries can help. Your, your good friend, Nick Barnett, uh, your, <laughs> yeah, your, yeah. Buddy, your buddy. What are all these people that oh, are yeah. my good friends that I, I never hear from? <laughs> but, yeah, well, you guys had that nice picture taken. We did, Mr. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looked more like a hostage situation <laughs> for him. But anyway, uh, the point being, when he went down, I mean, he was their starting middle linebacker, and it appeared to be, oh, man, serious. But they came back with Desmond Bishop, and Bishop you know, turned out to be a better player at that point in Barnett's career. So the in- there are injuries, and then there are injuries. There are some that... That devastated team when Aaron Rodgers, you know, had his collarbone injuries, it, that's that's a whole different kind of injury than, say, well, then even losing Darnell Savage. It'll be great when they get him back. Um, I like Redman. Uh, I, I, he's a try-hard guy. He made a, a couple of big tackles today, but he also missed a couple of big tackles, and I'm not sure he was always where he was supposed to be. But you can, you can weather certain injuries more than you can others. So you don't want to see anybody injured ever because you want to have your complete complement of players and i personally would rather not see anybody you know injured playing their their sport but still it's going to happen and it just depends on who gets hurt and when they get hurt and the severity i mean there's a chance that Devontae adams will come back maybe even next week uh but jordy nelson wasn't coming back i mean he got hurt in pittsburgh and he was done for the entire season so it's there's a lot of variables that go with the injury thing too yeah. Well, and I was a little nervous when Kenny Clark went down. I thought, I especially was, this yeah. game, I thought we're going to need him against Josh Jacobs, who I wasn't real familiar with. But in that first drive, I thought, oh, my. And uh, then when uh, he went down, I thought, you know, that is an important part of the defense. But then he came back. And yep. so far, that's the season it's been. It's been a lot of breaks our, our direction. And, uh, you know, 6-1 and one feels pretty good. I feel like they should be buying into it. It feels like the team is coming together. I don't know if you saw the video of the game ball. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. I, I, 
I have not seen that when when they do the thing in the locker room. Yeah, so they had yeah. the game I ball to uh, Aaron Rodgers and um, Lafleur said, uh, you know, it's the highest rating ever for a Packer in a regular yeah. season game. Uh, he threw for five, and he said the old man ran for one touchdown. They all sort of like piled on to Rodgers. I think, you know, all these guys on all these NFL teams are special, talented players. But you know, if if it all the synergy comes together, the players believe in the system, the coaches are gelling. I mean, that's what wins games. And I mean, right now I'm sort of feeling on a high because they've won two weeks in a row. One, you would say maybe luck was a little bit more and refs were a little bit more of a factor. But this one, certainly, I think you can say this is where we want that offense to be. And I'm probably on a high because it just feels like it's been a long time since the offense played like this. I'm sure there's been some that I'm missing uh, last couple of years. But, uh, I mean, we were at that Cardinals game last year. Mm. They couldn't buy first downs. I mean, it was... the, the the passes were short. They were way away from where guys could get it. It was there was something definitely off, and I totally get why they, you know, why they made the move they did after the game because it it looked like the whole the, the wheels had really come off at that point. Today there was one pass that Rodgers threw uh, that reminded me of that game. In fact, I thought of it because it was uncatchable. Only only one time that happened. Otherwise, you know, everything had a legitimate chance of you know being being a play and he was taking what he was being given and it was a great thing to watch it i was trying to explain to my son that because he's he was born in 1987 and he didn't really see the the 49ers when they began you know playing the west coast offense in the 80s and when they had joe montana doing it i was trying to explain that you know this is kind of how that how that worked it was a different formation they were under center they had two backs in the backfield and they were split they didn't run out of the eye formation but they had those guys actively involved in the past. Now, they had Jerry Rice, uh, who I guess you would qualify as a number one receiver. But they had, you know, but they had a lot of other guys, you know, that could make plays. They threw the ball to the to the to the fullback, to the tight ends. I mean, they, they had a complete array and arsenal and they didn't really throw the ball down, even though they had Jerry Rice. I mean, a lot of Jerry Rice's damage was done on these you know slant patterns where he could catch and run. Right. And I, I think this offense reminds me more of a West Coast offense than what McCarthy was running, where it was all, you know, kind of verticals and beat your guy. They like to go, you know, get that 22-yard dart down the seam and stuff. Well, this offense, they are more than happy to take eight yards, you know, because that's that's a good, solid gain, and it puts you in a favorable down and distance. So that's that's – and then they mix in every once in a while. They throw the ball long every once in a while. They, you know, kind of keep the – the defense honest but other than that i mean this is a this is kind of a almost like a ball control kind of passing game and that's what i always thought of being the bill walsh west coast offense was a was a ball control passing game and how great is that to run it with a quarterback who is so accurate and very and the smartest person on the field that just that that matches together and if they can keep this going i think their offense can win a lot of games this year and the future looks bright as, as well. So I couldn't tell where the, the, the fans, were they chanting something at the end? Could you tell? You know, you know, I, I, as soon as, soon as the game was done, I, I popped it off. So I don't really know what they were, what they might've been saying. I looked on Twitter and I felt that there was some kind of a chant that was trying to build up. And I wondered if it was Matt, it was like, it was a three count, like dun, 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 dun. And I thought they were saying Matt LaFleur. Um, oh, 
I don't know that before. for sure, and I haven't seen it anywhere, but I thought they were trying to get a chance start, and I wonder if that was it. I feel excited about LaFleur as a coach you know, now. I was excited when they started. I liked his interviews. I liked you know, the direction they were going, but to, the thought was he's going to build the offense layer by layer, and it's going to keep improving, but that was unproven, and now today after what I saw, I'm super excited. This is what we've been begging for for years, Chris. Throw it to the tight end. Throw it eight yards for the first down. Get your running backs involved uh, and and bring those safeties. And make them guess. You know, run a jet sweep on a on a second and one so the linebacker has to think about it for a second. I mean, that was never in McCarthy's offense. No, his offense was predicated more on, you know, kind of chunk plays. You know, I mean, they, they wanted to go downfield more. And, you know, it was highly successful for a long time. I mean, you had a quarterback that could do that and you had receivers that could do that until, you know, you didn't. And those guys got old, the contracts came up, uh, your quarterback got hurt. You know, I think the biggest problem wasn't that they didn't have a reserve quarterback. They didn't have a reserve quarterback that had the kind of talent that their number one guy did. I think you need a certain kind of quarterback to be able to run that system. When they had that guy, you know, yeah, I thought that was very effective. I mean, they won a Super Bowl with it. They got to um, four NFC Championship games, right? You know, so I mean, yeah, that was a that was a successful scheme when you have the right pieces to run that scheme. This, I think, is a little bit more flexible. And I I'm not hoping Aaron Rodgers goes down, um, but I I think they would be able to kind of weather the storm better with this particular kind of offense because I think they can do more things with it than you could with what um, McCarthy had had in had in place. So uh, the other part of it, too, is I just want to, you know, make sure we stay in our shoes a little bit because you have the Chicago Bears. And, you know, last year their coach was, you know, the the flavor of the month, flavor of the year. Oh, God, this guy's <laughs> a freaking genius. And, well, he doesn't look quite so good now. I mean, the Bears right now, uh, I think it's safe to say the Bears are struggling right now, which does my heart good. However, it makes me think that when everything is going good, you know, and you're winning and things are going in your favor, everyone looks great. Your coach looks like a genius and your general manager is the executive of the year. And, you know, the system that uh, that uh, Mark Murphy put in place with, you know, having everyone report to him, it's, you know, it's, it's a stroke of managerial genius. <laughs> I mean, everything everything looks great, you know, when when you're winning, but circumstances conspire to go the other way. And now all of a sudden, uh, it was a damn shame. I, I guess they didn't have the postgame show today in Chicago because they were having uh, Blackhawks hockey. Oh, that, that's too bad. That was the report that I got from Big Snake Man. He he was all primed, you know, to listen to that thing, and it didn't happen because of the Blackhawks. But you know, I mean, they're if they would have had the the postgame on, you know, they would have been crazy. I mean, the guys hosting the show, but the callers would have been, you know calling for the head of everybody associated with, with with the bears so let's just see you know let, let's see let's ride this wave while it's going looking good right now but we we should remember that in four weeks or five weeks they go these five weeks and they go two and three in these five weeks let's remember what we said today about how good the offense looks and and what lafleur has you know done and because Five weeks from now, he's not going to become stupid over the next five weeks. Well, so let's I think just it's keep four, that in mind. I think it's four weeks I'm worried about. We play at Kansas City, at Los Angeles Chargers, 
right? Not the Rams, right? Right. Um, home against Carolina and at San Francisco. Now the Kansas City's not playing with is playing without their quarterback. The Chargers right. have not looked great. Yeah, um, they've been a surprise because they they looked so good last year, but this year, not so much. Not so much. Carolina's at home, and San Francisco is a real kind of yeah. an unknown. I mean, the, but by that point, if they could take two out of three. The next three weeks, they could afford to lose to San Francisco. Although that could be a uh, home field advantage uh, game at that point. Yeah, could. San Francisco. They only won. They won today nine nothing, and they and they played the Washington football team, and you know nine nothing against that. Well, I heard weather was crap. a factor. No. I didn't see the highlights, but I heard weather was a big factor. But must uh, have been. You know, I, I'll take uh, you know Garofalo against Rogers. Uh, I take. I don't care where they're playing. That they've got a good chance, but. Uh, they're in a good position right now, and speaking of position, we should take uh, a break and yes. uh, and and talk about some more, maybe about the defense. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And of course, when we take a break, we always like to take the opportunity to remind people that you, yes, you can support this podcast. I know, hard to believe, but it's true. You can give us money, and we will accept that money. Uh, so you're probably asking yourself, how can I give? Chris and Dave money. Well, there's a very easy way to do it. You can go to PayPal. Uh, our identifier there is PackersTherapy at Yahoo.com. PackersTherapy, Yahoo.com. And you can go there and you can send us, I, I don't know, several hundred dollars would be nice. You know, three, four hundred dollars is always good. We appreciate that. Um, you know, in, fa- in fact, we're even happy with a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's yeah. about the average gift. I we think have. it is. Yeah. So well, if you're thinking of giving like, you know, 10 bucks, it's, you know, you're behind your peers. I, I just, you know, we appreciate it, but you're you're just behind the times, I would I would say. See, in my mind, <laughs> it, the average is $100. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the actual average is, but in my mind, that's what it is. You could be like an American hero, yeah. uh, like, like Chief Tom Glassell, okay? Yes, Chief, a man who's serving in the United States Navy uh, at all kinds of uh, ports of call around the world. He took time out of defending this country. So he could go online uh, to uh, PayPal, Packers Therapy, Yahoo.com, and Chief Glassell, yeah, yeah, gave us money. Be like the chief. Be like an, You can be an American hero yourself. In fact, and you should do both. Yeah. You should go defend our country and give yep. to Packers Therapy. That's, Absolutely. He is. That's he's a hero. Fine. He is. He's he a is hero. indeed. So as you contemplate that, we're going to contemplate refilling our water bottles And uh, we're going to come back and talk about the defense. You'll have more Chris and Dave and more Packers therapy in just a bit. Chris and Dave back with more Packers therapy. Dave, as I recall, uh, you won the coin flip uh, when we started the podcast. And uh, I think you wanted to get the ball to start the second half of the podcast. So uh, I think you have uh, you have one of our features in honor of our uh, chief technology officer. Yeah, Nick Surly, and it's time for the Surly Award. Nick, you can insert music here. <laughs> All right, thank you, Nick. That was excellent. Good choice. <laughs> uh, so the Surly Award uh, brought to you by um, Nick. <laughs> Nick and his family. Uh, uh, yes, the Surly Award. Do you want to pick your selection for the Surly Award for this week? I absolutely have to, and. You know, John Gruden, uh, where did he get to, I mean, I guess he's always been animated like that, but now he's he's kind of gone from, you know, kind of a kind of a chippy younger guy to just being a crabby old man on the sideline. And we and we got a Twitter uh, 
hit after the game, and I forgot who it was uh, from now, uh, but they um, it, it might have been Rusty. It might it might have been Rusty, um, our guy from the Twin Cities, a long long time listener, and I think he was he was putting you know Rusty up uh, Rusty Rusty was putting <laughs> John Gruden up there with Pete Carroll, yeah. and you know you think about it, and you know they're both kind of crabby old men, you know. So I think that was a good call, Rusty. Uh, dude was certainly. Uh, Surly out there today, and I guess John Gruden, when he was, you know, uh, with the Packers, yeah, he was fine. Now he's just a he's just a crabby, surly old man. You know, I didn't mind him on Monday Night Football. I thought he was colorful and uh, knowledgeable, and certainly he knows how to call an offensive football game. I mean, the guy sure. called it really well. So, oh yeah, he learned he, he learned from one of the greats. You know, yeah, he and uh, it, maybe Tony Romo should be the next offensive coordinator uh, for the Packers, but. Um, my nomination for Surly Award, I had Chucky down as well, but uh, I want to go back a week, uh, actually in between the two weeks, and I would nominate the Lions fans as the Surly Award. Did you see that they someone went out and bought billboards in Detroit with a referee and a oh, cheese god. head hat? Oh god! <laughs> like we weren't even that bad about that game in Seattle in 2012. Yeah, I know? mean the fail Mary. Yeah. I, I, well, one, I guess if you put up billboards in Green Bay, I mean, who's going to see it? I suppose. But uh, yeah. Um, Fair enough. Fair yeah. To, I don't. I mean, was it was it that bad? I mean, I, I guess I saw a lot of screenshots of um, Bakhtiari's head going back, and was the okay. is the hand on the okay. helmet or not? Okay. Now this is okay. There, there, there is a, a guy that I work with. He is a Division One rep. I think I told you about. Uh, Tony. Okay. Um, and in fact, Tony's a guy I, w- I would like to have on the podcast sometime uh, because, you know, he, he's, he's a college referee in Division One, And he said this past week during their, you know, referee meetings, they looked at tape of that game, of the Lions game against the Packers. And what uh, Bakhtiari uh, did is what a lot of guys are doing now uh, because they know the positioning of the officials. You remember they moved the umpire from behind the defense to behind the quarterback. So you now have the referee and the umpire both behind the offensive line of scrimmage. And what offensive linemen are doing is they are snapping their heads back whenever they get hit, you know, kind of up around around the neck and the chest plate. They're not they're not your heads look like they're being hit in the face, but they're not. They are putting their heads back to make it look like that I thought to the so. officials. Yep. Yeah, yep. And, and, and and so uh, what they did at, at the referees' meeting, apparently, was they looked at the play from two different angles, from the angle that you get from behind and then the angle from the side. And they could see with Bakhtiari, who's a KG vet, he's one of the best in the NFL for a reason. He was essentially deking whoever the official was, and he got him twice because he fooled him. And so it's a point of emphasis call. The hands to the face is... And so they know that because they're looking – and also, you know, Bakhtiari went and told her, hey, hey, he's hitting me in the face. Yeah. So they're looking for it, and he faked him out. Hey, props to Bakhtiari, but this is something the referees are catching on to now. Well, so, well, it worked in our favor. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I thought too. I mean, when you – the screenshot – and there is a single screenshot where it looks as, like his hand is on the helmet. But I think when you watch it in real time, I didn't see it. And I my first thought was I think he's he's faking it. He's doing the – what I th- I think is the Ed McCaffrey uh, flailing, you know, on pass interference <laughs> or what half the soccer players do when they right, play soccer. Right. 
And uh, I thought, and you know, I don't like it. I don't like it when it's on other teams. I can't say that I, I got it's okay when my guy does it. Um, although I seem to say that with steroids with Clay Matthews. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I guess if it worked, it worked. I wonder if, if they'll be able to stick with that. But uh, I guess there's a danger if you put your head back. If if they don't call it, that might put you at a at risk that your your defense alignment is going to be able to get past you because you're not sort of squared yeah. up. So. Uh, I guess it might be a risk, but I, I just, you know, the amount of backlash the Packers got, and then it continued today with the the calls against the uh, Raiders that somehow yeah. everyone seems to think the Packers get all the calls at home. I, no. I, when did that start happening? I, no, no. I, so it's, it's, it, it's, I think, I think you mentioned Rogers post game. The, these things do tend to balance out. And believe me, last year we had the whole Clay Matthews, crap the first three games of the year um you know that that cost the packers and right. it might have screwed up their whole season and we talked failure i mean there's there's a lot of things that that go against whoever your team is but your team always benefits and our team did benefit last week no question about it maybe it was a cage of veteran play whatever it was it was a bad call as far as the lions go but i can guarantee you if it's not this season it will be you know some future season where we're going to be incensed about something that went against the Packers, even when they review it on replay. And, and there's been calls this year already, too, that, you know, where we thought, my God, that's obvious. It's past interference. He, you know, he had a hunting knife and he jabbed it in his chest repeatedly until he was bleeding and they didn't call it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, but these, we, there's always going to be that stuff. And I think the reason this one might have been uh, blown up a little bit is because it was a game where everyone was watching. It was a Monday night game. And it drew a lot of attention for that reason. You know that the game next week, when they're playing Sunday night, same thing. It's it's the game that a lot of people are going to be watching. And so whatever happens is going to be blown up bigger than it is. A noon game on a Sunday like today, not so much. Yeah. Well, what did you think of the two reviews that we had? We had Derek Carr fumbling out of the end zone and then Kumaro dancing on the sidelines. Did you feel like they... Were both fair, both unfair, or was it split? How did you, how did you think that those came out? I, I, I well, I, they came in favor of my team, Dave. Of yeah. course, I thought they were brilliant. Really both fair, but no, it was it was uh, there was a uh, well, actually, the the network didn't do this, but my son kind of went through frame by frame uh, on the Derek Carr, and it was clear the ball is out of his hand before his knee is on the ground. I agree. I and, think good and, call. And that was that was that was as clear as day. Yeah. Um, on the Kumaro thing, I was uh, given uh, the little tuna's family history. I think the referee had a had a choice. <laughs> yeah. He could let that play stand or his brains could be on the contract. Yeah, or he'd receive yeah. a pair of cement shoes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think he decided that he didn't want to sleep with the fishes. <laughs> he he didn't want to be with Luca Brazzi, so he decided that uh, the uh, the great grandson of Tony Accardo could in fact score that touchdown. I mean, if if I had to, if some if the, if someone scientifically or somehow you know God came down and said I know the answer and asked me, Dave, what do you think? Was he inbounds or out of bounds? I think that there is a blade of grass that had white on it that touched his shoe. I I think that's probably true. So I would if I was forced. To say with if someone knew the exact right answer, I would say he probably brushed the out of bounds line. But given what happened, that it wasn't called out of bounds, I do not think it's conclusive 
that he was out of bounds. I, I'm sure he I think I think he was, but I don't think it's conclusive. So I feel like that was a good call too. What do you think about that? Well, I think Sisgrass once again proving <laughs> yeah. it's really the the hidden MVP of the Green Bay Packers. Um, it was this is one of those things where it depends how they call it initially. And they have to overturn it and they call that a touchdown. And so it would really have to be definitive that he was out of bounds. And it was not definitive. You know, it was so very close. Now, had they called it the other way, right, where it, they, they said he was out of bounds, uh, they would not have had enough to say he was in bounds. So it, how the initial call goes. And I think we have to also keep in mind how absolutely um, handsome Kumaro is with that luxurious hair and fabulous beard. You know, and I think when you put all that into the hopper, plus his family history, we're talking about a touchdown. Yeah, I think touchdown. Well, and speaking of Sisgrass, what's going on with the Sisgrass? I mean, it cost an interception and a score last week. How dare you say a thing about Sisgrass? People are slipping and sliding all over that field. I don't understand either why they're not. In the Premier League, Dave, they use it in the Premier League in soccer. And you know how we love soccer. No, you know, I, no, we well, don't. No, we we don't love soccer. No, Sisgrass is a problem when it uh, comes to the slope. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hybrid. You know, it's it's grass, but there's synthetic in it, and you're playing outside, and it's fall in you know the northern hemisphere, um, in in our part of the state, uh, things get a little you know moist, and when they get a little moist, they get slippery when there's plastic, and that's going to happen. And guys are slipping all over the place. So it's a compromise you make because if you have real grass out there, your traction's probably better. But you know, when 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 the weather turns in the next month here, it's going to be a freaking mess out there. And so they've made this compromise, and the compromise means that in order to keep the field looking playable, um, when the weather turns, you know, having this synthetic blend is is the way to go. So it's it's unfortunate, but I think you know that's the way this is going to have to be given the climate that the Packers play in. So are you saying Sisgrass, Slippery, when wet? Is that our, maybe that's the, uh, well, the name of our, the title of this podcast. We might have. Was that a Van Halen album? I think that's Van Halen. Yeah. yeah I was going to say Bon Jovi. Yeah. I think that's Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think either way, I, I, I still get a chuckle out of that. Yeah, I don't care yeah. how old I am. I, I, I still think that's pretty funny. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the D train? We ought to, I think, yeah. Now, what do you think of D-Train as the nickname for the defense? And how would you like the celebration? Uh, I, I I did like it. I, they were reprimanded slightly this week. It wasn't really don't do um, celebrations. It was, you know, don't do them and disrupt the flow of the game, which, yeah, that's reasonable. Uh, but the NFL has slacked off on the celebrations and – the society has turned around. This is fun, and, and it's it's fine now to do these things. And I think actually by making it um, a legal thing, I think you know people are actually um, less. Um, what was the deal with? Was it Joe Horn? What was it? What he you know went and got a cell phone out of the um, out of the padding of the goalpost in New Orleans? I mean, it was because it was when anything is forbidden. And anybody who's ever been a teenager knows this. When something's forbidden, you want to do it, right? Yeah. So now that it's not forbidden, I think it's it becomes charming, and and it's not such a such a big deal any longer. And yeah, I think I, I think what they do is actually is that it's actually kind of funny, and 
I hate to even say it because you're football players, but it's kind of cute, you know, and I like it. It's it's perfectly fine. Uh, it's like it's like the Latin players in Major League Baseball. They it is an exuberance and there's a, a, a fun that, that comes with it. And hell, I mean, these let's let's be real. This is entertainment, right? It, it, uh, professional sports is entertainment. And if anybody thinks it's not. It's 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 about gambling and it's about giving us something to watch and we've talked about it on this show. It is a 16-week you know serial that goes on you know yeah. and it's and they even call them seasons like they do in television. So right. let's let's loosen up on it. I'm what I'm more concerned about is is the way the Raiders were able to move the ball until they got inside the five-yard line and <laughs> they they had some problems that the Packers benefited from. Um, Derek Carr helped him out with an interception and a fumble inside the five, and the Packers helped themselves out with a really nice goal line stand. Goodson uh, did a, you know, he did good, son, uh, <laughs> by by you know making that guy go John Elway and you know spinning around. Now here's where luck comes in, Dave. Okay, now he hit him in such a way that he spun him around, but the ball and, never cleared. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now. All he would have had to do is hit him in a different way where his forward momentum might have allowed him to break the plane. And the Packers got fortunate on that. It's So far, it's been that kind of season. Well, and you need that. I bet you yeah. we go back on every Super Bowl champion, there's probably a list. We've talked about the 2010 team and yeah. Desmond oh, yeah. Bishop you know, tripping up the oh. receiver yeah. from the Eagles. You know, it's just like just inches that would have made the difference between Super Bowl and Losing the first round. That's just how it goes. Hey, but, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers tripping up uh, Erlocker yeah, on, right. on, on, on a literal like shoestring tackle that would return that, that NFC championship game around. Yeah, it could have totally made a difference. That's right. Well, I speak of the defense, I guess I, I thought even though they gave up a lot of yards, gave up 24 points, I felt that I can live with this defense. I feel like they didn't put much pressure on Carr, but I know that the offensive line for Oakland is good. Um, they got stops inside the red zone, uh, got the interception. The thing I was surprised with is they they weren't able to shut down a guy that was really playing well. Now, I think the Raiders had two guys with Josh Jacobs. I think is going to be a special player. He, he oh, ran. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, but then uh, Darren Waller also just, you know, uh, uh, a beast of a man. I mean, he's that dude is really tall. But I felt like why they didn't seem to double him and make you beat with other uh, receivers. But, you know, I think you saw I mean, all the, how many other people caught uh, football. So I just think Oakland played well on offense. I don't know. And I was trying to think, like, if I was an Oakland fan and I did an Oakland podcast, would I be saying – uh, you know, our defense sucks. I mean, look what happened. And I would, on the other side, say, well, it's not your fault. Aaron Rodgers played great. We've got a bunch of weapons. Our running backs are playing great. What What are you supposed to do? So I, I don't feel like our defense sucks. I feel like Oakland earned what they got today. Um, you know, they had two special players in Waller and Jacobs that played very well. I thought Carr was really efficient with the football, uh, got rid of the ball quickly so he couldn't sack him. Um but, you know, we were able to make a couple of mistakes, a fumble, the interception, a couple punts, and then that was enough. So I I guess I, I feel like the defense wasn't perfect. I'd like 42 to nothing. But um, I, I, I'm okay with the way the defense, I feel like we can put pressure on the quarterback 
And I think we can cover receivers pretty well. I think we're kind of average to be below average in our linebackers and tackling and covering. But, you know, you're not going to be great at everything. Um, I'm okay with our defense. What do you think well, about that? The, you know, the, the style of offense that Oakland plays is not going to allow the Packers to do one of their great strengths. And that's, you know, sack the quarterback or put pressure on them because they go underneath a lot. They, they have, uh, you know, take what the defense gives you, get it out of the quarterback's hands quickly. And you're not, you're not going to be able to use, if you're the Packers, you're not going to be able to use your greatest asset. And that is your two outside linebackers. The Smith brothers were neutralized today. I don't think so much because of the great, offensive line play of Oakland. I think it was because of the scheme of the offense just didn't give them a lot of opportunities. And the rules of the game now, too, are such that it favors, you know, uh, guys running free. Um, they caught the Packers a couple of times you know, with openings in the middle of the, the field. You have Blake Martinez running deep to cover a tight end or somebody, and that leaves that underneath stuff open. And they've been doing this all season. I mean, I, as I was kind of getting ready to figure out what Oakland was about, I I kept, you know, hearing about and reading about the fact that Card doesn't really go downfield. He he takes a lot of the checkdown uh, underneath stuff, and what that means is you're not going to have a lot of chance to get to him to force him off his mark and to get a sack. And and as a result, he wasn't sacked at all today. And it wasn't because suddenly the Smith brothers are no good. I think it's just the way the scheme was. They weren't going to get a lot of chances. Uh, so then you have who I think is going to be a really good back. I agree with you in, entirely that Jacobs looks really good. I mean, he had a six-yard, I guess, 5.9, you know, average. And I think that's an indication that this this is a this is a good player. So you have a good running game. You have a good uh, uh, passing scheme. It's, it's sort of neutralized uh, the Packer defense. And I guess if I'm a if I'm a coordinator uh, for, you know, future Packer opponents, I'm going to keep that in mind. You know, you you may have an offense that you want five or seven step drops, but I think you, you got to shift that when you play the Packers uh, to go for the underneath stuff, to go for the more quick release type things to take the Smiths out of the game. And if you have a running back that's halfway decent at all, you got to get that guy uh, in the game and running because the Packers aren't a great run defense. And if they aren't putting pressure on the quarterback and enforcing turnovers, they're, they're, they're very ordinary on defense. So you don't have to be great though, when your quarterback has a perfect rating. So, hmm. you know, it's, it's a complimentary game. The defense was good enough to win today, lucky or not. Uh, you know, they were able to get that, to me, the dagger, if I if I was, you know, calling this game, if I was Wayne Larrabee, the dagger would have been when they stopped him on fourth down inside the five-yard line. That, to me, at that point, um, you know, the game was over. The game turned on the fumble by, by Carr, but I think it really, for all practical purposes, ended when they were able to stop them inside the five. Yeah, and that's a defensive stop. Uh, right. One thing I did think on defense was when they early on they were playing zone, and I thought, why are you playing zone? You know, it, it, I would man-to-man -man on the receivers who aren't very good. I would crowd the line of scrimmage so Jacobs can't run. But I think Oakland countered that with – I think that's what the Packers did. And then Oakland countered that with doing a lot of pick plays. And so I think that's the problem with man-to-man -man is all the, the pick plays that can happen. If they're not called, um, you, you get guys open. So 
I I kind of it felt like this cat and mouse was was pretty effective on the Oakland side of countering whatever the Packers were doing. I thought there was like a blitz, and it seemed like then the pass went over the blitzer to a screen, you know, to that side, or you know, it felt like they were running plays um, that were really good calls against whatever our defense was playing. I thought that allowed Petten or made Petten be kind of conservative. We didn't blitz very much that I remember. Um, and maybe the fact that we had a lead, he didn't really want, you know, he's just basically make them take long drives and that creates a lot of yards, but it doesn't, um, you know, get a lot of points and, and it won't allow them to catch up. So maybe the defense would have played different. If it was a closer game. Uh, cause I didn't see a lot of aggressiveness, a lot of blitzing and, uh, but you know, I, I thought Oakland played well and I just, I'm not worried about the defense right now. I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about them because i think there's uh, there's talent there uh you know and when savage gets back i think that's going to change a lot of it I, you know redmond is a is a try hard guy he's a willing tackler uh you know he made the tackle that he made and i think it might have been on waller uh that got it yeah it got him down to the deck of two if that, he doesn't make that play then you know they're they may they score play. Yeah. yeah, and that's and, that fumble doesn't happen. That's exactly I meant to say that. That's exactly yeah. right. So he, it might have been his fault, but you know right. that was a great yeah. play to at least get. And it I to think the, that's that's worth that's worth mentioning uh, because he's. I don't think he's necessarily going to be out there much longer. You know, you're going to go back to Savage, and that's going to be you know different. So I'm not concerned because they're going to you know have their guys back. Uh, they they're they're solid. I mean, Amos is. Uh, I mean, he he is the 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 classic. Uh, he's not going to be a big play guy, but he's where he's supposed to be. And some of the tackles he had today, I mean, haha, Clinton Dix doesn't just doesn't make those kind of plays. Absolutely not. No. Nope. You know, yeah. And, and and so I I worry about guys who are soft on defense. I mean, and I don't think they. I can't think of anybody who's soft. I mean, even when Kyler Fackerel's out there, he's. He's playing hard. He's playing in situations. He's a factor. Uh, he he had some nice plays today, but when you don't have to rely on him, where, where he's just a complimentary piece that you put out there when you have to do some resting, yeah, that's fine. Same thing with Rashawn Gary. I mean, you know, these these guys, if you don't have to rely on them for a lot of snaps, they're fine. So I I'm not I'm not worried about the defense, but I'm starting to think that the more film or more tape. Uh, I guess it's now digital, but you know the 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 more video that is available on the Packers, teams are going to know how to um, face Petten's defense. That's why it's good that the offense is coming around because I think there's going to be more games like this where they're going to where, where they're going to have to score in the 30s to be able to win games. Before they could win games, I think more in the back of the defense and the offense wasn't quite there. I think that's flipping now. Do you want to go through some quick hitters before we do the betting lines? There's nothing I'd like more than to go through a couple of quick hitters. That's what I like to hear. Okay. Uh, first one I have is Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham had probably his best game as a Packer, I think. He actually broke some tackles. Yeah. Um, he caught the ball. I guess that, you know one was a kind of a difficult catch. I still think he stands around when he's supposed to be blocking, but I felt like this is his best game. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, I don't know if it was his best game, but he did some things that we haven't seen. I wasn't even thinking of much of the breaking tackles um, as the play in which he 
kind of evaded guys. He kind of went around a few, and he he showed some movement and some some skills that we haven't really seen from the guy. But I will admit, uh, I'm down on Jimmy Graham not because he's not Jimmy Graham from you know 2013. I'm I'm down on Jimmy Graham because he doesn't catch the ball like I thought he should. And a number of times this year of the game against the Lions, ball right. You know, in his hands, he was you know, he outstretched and he couldn't bring it in. Then there were the two plays. Um, boy, it was the game before the Dallas game, I the think. The Eagles, yeah, the where Eagles he tried one-handers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's like that kind of stuff bothers me more than his elusiveness and his ability to get down the seam and all the things that he did as a young man. I don't need him to do that as a tight end. I need him, though, to use his six foot seven inch size and get his hands up and catch the ball. Yeah. And today uh, he did things today that were more reminiscent maybe of a younger Jimmy Graham. But, hey, four catches, 65 yards, nothing wrong with that. Well, I'm surprised. I mean, when he scored, Rodgers was really happy about that. And it he wasn't just a, some Jimmy Graham. He, he does. Him. you got to find someone that loves you as much as Aaron Rodgers loves Jimmy exactly. Graham. I don't exactly. understand <laughs> what the deal is there. But, you know, he gives the fist pump, you know, when it's Aaron Jones or – somebody else but man when it's Jimmy Graham he is excited so hopefully that can get Jimmy you know light a fire under Jimmy Graham a little bit to to put it you know lay his body out once in a while yeah, um, yeah. so I, I thought that was a very positive development mm-hmm. I thought the catch by Aaron Jones the first touchdown was was pretty amazing on Aaron Jones's part I felt he he had to turn his body the other way and still caught the ball it's a perfect throw but a difficult catch, too. I thought that was worth mentioning. Well, okay, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I think what I saw there, now I could be wrong when, you know, this week come up and Ben Fennel breaks it down and a whole <laughs> bunch of different guys break yeah, it right. down. But, but my read on that play was that was the same play we saw last week uh, that he – he couldn't bring in the, the ball hit him in the hands and, and he couldn't catch it. He, he, he had a bad game last week. He had a fumble and he had that drop touchdown. But I, I think it was the same play. But here's what happened. Uh, the linebacker who was playing defense had inside leverage. And I think that Rodgers saw that and Jones saw that. And I believe that they were on the same page. They knew that they couldn't run the ball in this or uh, they couldn't run the pattern in the seam like they did because the linebacker was on him and had the inside, so he broke it off to the outside. Rodgers read that, and I think the reason that that Jones had to adjust is because it wasn't really planned necessarily to go that way, but they had to improvise on it, and they both were on the same page, and, you know, Jones did what he had to do, and then just made a great adjustment. You know, I think Rodgers threw the ball kind of where he thought it needed to be, but it wasn't precise, because it wasn't supposed to go necessarily in that place. Now, there will be probably, you know, people writing about that, but that's what I thought I saw on that play. And what really impressed me beyond the, the athleticism of, of being able to twist and contort your body to make that catch, and the fact that if we, we have a running back that can make plays downfield. Yeah. Besides all of that, when I what I think I saw was the adjustment between the quarterback and the receiver on the fly based on what the defense was showing them. That was what I was really impressed with. Yeah, and I don't think we've seen that in some time. And oh, no. That no. makes that's a whole new dimension that defenses have to figure out that it's not just doubling Devontae Adams anymore. If right. you do that, then you're going to have a linebacker, maybe Aaron Jones or 
uh, something else is going to happen. Or you know who else could be running free is Danny Vitale. How did yes. you like Danny Vitale? Two catches for 43 yards, an average impressive. of – Very impressive. Uh, both of them were roughly around 21, 22 yards each uh, a catch. Again, it's – and the thing that's so great is you're not paying attention to him. He's probably blocking half the time. But now you got to pay attention to that. So someone else is going to be one-on-one rather than double-teamed. Uh, I just – I think that's a great development. Yeah, you know, I, I like me some Danny Vitale. Now, I – now there were people uh, the post game. I I think this was the one on uh, the one with Gary Ellerson, uh, were saying, "Well, can can Danny Vitale be the next John Kuhn? And <laughs> well, I think that's I, I think that's the wrong question, though. I mean, this is it's it's a different scheme, a different offense. They're going to use this guy, you know, differently. Um, it's tempting to say because they're both fullbacks, they're both white. I, you know, I mean, so yeah, they're, they're going to say that that kind of thing, but. I think that he, you know, he's probably a lot more athletic than John Kuhn was, and I and I don't think we've seen the extent to which they can use this guy. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they, you know, like John Kuhn, they let him carry the ball a little bit. I, I think this is a, this is a guy um, who's going to surprise us as the season goes along because I think there's a lot more than he can do uh, than your typical fullback. So I, I was really encouraged to see that he looks like uh, he catches the ball. He plays the game naturally, you know. I mean, that's the that's the thing. You know, you guys sometimes catch the ball, but you can tell it's not natural or fluid. Right, right. right. He, juggle it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's just really sound and really secure, and he's a real find. I I, I think this is a this is a a player that I, I think they're going to find other ways to use him. So I'm glad. I, 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 I was really pleased. I hope so, and I hope the Packers' offense will hit a new level if they. You know, run a plate of Vitaly that's 22 yards, and they realize the defense is still not respecting him, and they do it again, and 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 do it again and again until the defense actually makes an effort to cover him, and then look at Devontae Adams is wide open. So I I hope this isn't just a gadget play in a way. I hope this is something that they can figure out that look defenses are so keyed on these guys that he can run free for 22 yards. We'll take it, just take it. So. Um, it was only two catches, but you know that's the start of something that I hope is is going to be something that helps us in the future. Um, another thing I thought that was interesting—I've never seen this before—but I thought the the hut call that Rogers does, I felt that they for the first time, and maybe they did it last week too. But you know, it's like three nineteen, three nineteen. But I thought one time he did three and then hiked it on sort of not on the cadence that they normally do. That they sort of. Did it? They threw it off balance. I don't know if you noticed that, but I felt like there were a couple of uh, of the kind of the hike calls that were intentionally meant to like catch you off guard because they were, they did it quickly. And I again, that's something that I just love—the misdirection, the not doing something always the same way. Um, I thought that was another uh, option where they're kind of thinking through how can they put themselves in the best position, and I love it. Okay, now I have to ask you this because. I am never sure if that is a three nineteen or a green nineteen. So oh. I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't know if you've ever or is it green know, ninety? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not well, I'm not I'm not I'm not exactly sure. You I think it's green nineteen. I well I'm not sure. I, I guess that I've makes always, more sense than three nineteen. I don't know three nineteen. I, I don't I don't know if three nineteen makes any sense either, and I don't know why it's always been that way. It was that way when McCarthy was coach. It was that way now. I don't know if it means anything or if it's just you know, something that 
for him is is comfortable or they, or they meet and say, okay, this is why we do. I don't know what it is. I think he's been asked about it and he's not said. Um, and so whether it's 319 or green 19, whatever it is, it's been consistent. And I, I don't know that I noticed it today that they were snapping it, um, you know, more quickly, but they did catch him one time at least, um, or was it twice? At, le- at least there was at least one time where they caught him. And it's getting harder and harder to get teams to bite on that. Yeah, yeah I think. Well, I, the 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 hut, hut you know, the they yeah. were trying to get him to jump offside. But I thought right. one time they did the sort of the opposites rather than try to like get them to go offside. They actually like, you know, quick quick snapped it almost so that they weren't they were on their heels rather than getting them you know to jump off sides. I, I love it. You know, whatever it takes to give it advantage. Like I said, the jet screen on a on a short pa- a running play. Like, look, if the receiver is gonna, if the receiver can help one step for the linebacker not to be sure what's happening, why not do that? And you know they did a couple of jet screens to Aaron Jones. I don't know if they did it to the receivers, but they, uh, you know, when the guys come across, he actually gives them the ball. It makes the linebackers freeze for a second. I feel like other teams do this. Colleges do that all the time. I just I love it that the Packers do it. I think it just helps the whole offense. That's that's all you have to do is just just a second. And you know I, I think we saw it uh, the week before against the Lions on their opening play when they did the flea flicker, and it just it takes one step or two steps, a fraction of of a second, and that's all it has to be to throw the whole thing off. Right. So yeah, th- that's that that's why the misdirection I think is is so is so critical because it doesn't have to be like these ones where guys, you know, break their ankles because they're totally faked out. No, it just has to be enough to throw them just a little bit off and then you can forget it. Yeah. And this, I, yeah, yeah. this old school of like, you know, it's man on man, you know, like all in the trenches and, you know, it's like you beat your guy and no, you know, if, if you have a chance, you're on offense, you, you're dictating the speed of the play and what's happening. If you can misdirect to help you get an advantage Take it. I just felt that McCarthy never, never did that. And the last quick hitter that I had was they showed the replay of the first Lambo leap, and oh, yes. someone on Twitter said, and I never noticed this, that Reggie White actually stepped out of bounds before he pitched it to Leroy Butler. Um, and I watched the the replay, and it's true. Reggie White steps out of bounds before he pitched it to Leroy Butler. So once again. The Raiders have been screwed by the Packers stepping out of bounds for years now. Um, you need to watch that highlight. I'll never see it the same now. Reggie White's back ankle steps on the white line before he pitches. Oh my gosh! It. And if I, that had been I called, that. the Lambo ah. leap may never have happened. So, ah, damn. You you learn something every day. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm 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 kind of uh, I'm I'm stunned. You know, it's it's like. Um, you know, you've when people say, "Hey, have you ever looked at the FedEx, you know, logo and the yeah. arrow in there?" It's like, and now that's all you can see. And so the next time I see that fact, when we finish up here, I might just go on on YouTube and try and and try to find that because I've never seen that. Yeah, it's uh, it like it changes history in a way. Yeah, in, in, in yeah. a way, um, that was a big win too, if you remember at the time. Oh yeah, you know, they were trying to get in the playoffs, and yeah, that 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 was a big win. Yeah, no, that, that kind of sealed the deal. Well, those are my quick hitters. I don't know if you have anything else to cover. 
Yeah, no, but, no, no. Right. This was just a great win, and I think we covered the we covered the waterfront the way we need to. I think. Well, let's do the betting lines. So that would be a good idea. The betting lines. We got to go back a, a couple weeks uh, to the game against. Uh, I guess that's Detroit. Yes. So we don't have an Oakland one. We have one against Detroit. Uh, we have a single winner, and the person that won this week really blew the competition away. We had 30 people play this week. Uh, very good turnout and uh, a very impressive win by a single winner, which I'll I'll, I'll put here. You know, I'll well, go as you as as you look that up. You know who also blew away the competition? Who? Tony Accardo. Yeah, on the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, great grandfather. Yes, I, the competition. Yeah. <laughs> well, this exactly. person uh, gets that award. Um, I, I haven't memorized the name. What's his grandfather's name? A great. It's a great it, grand. It, it's it's his great grandfather, Tony Accardo. Tony Accardo. So the Tony Accardo. He was the head of the Chicago outfit, as they called it back in the day. Well, the Tony Accardo award goes to Aubrey. <laughs> who got eight correct this week. It was an, an amazing performance. No one even really came close to Aubrey this week. That's uh, absolutely fantastic. I'll go through results real quick. Um, you, total score, you set the line at 52.5. It was 45. Okay. Aaron Jones, total yards, you said 135. It was 60, which is uh, not so good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback rating, you set the line at 92. It was 90. Yes. Smith Sachs, you set the line at uh, two and a half, and they had two and a half, I guess. So you were right on top of it. So that was a push. Um, Stafford touchdowns minus interceptions, you set the line at 0. 0.5. It was actually zero. So uh, do we call, did he throw no touchdowns and no interceptions? Is that why it's zero, or did he do one and one? I forget. I forget to. Yeah, it's too far. Leading tackler uh, was Blake Martinez. Um, you said that. I said Amos, but it was Blake Martinez. Bingo. Uh, total Detroit rushing yards, you set the line at 138. It was 56, which was yeah. a factor we had talked about last week, how That's well we surprise. played against them. Yeah, yeah. Seven and a half, will the Packers score in their first possession? You said yes. I said yes. It was no. Um, will they show uh, a... A statistic of how many times they've won in Wisconsin. Uh, they've won four in a row or something like that in Wisconsin. Yeah. It was like twenty-five or 50,000 before that. And uh, the answer was no on that one, which was surprising. And then uh, the tiebreaker really didn't need to go tiebreaker. Aubrey is the winner this week. He gets to spend a week, just a week now, because I think we're back on schedule to do a I weekly so. podcast. I hope so. Yeah, so um, you'll have to make the most of your time at the Packers Hotel and Casino this week, Aubrey. Congratulations. You know, Aubrey called us on Twitter this week. He he asked, uh, you know, us, uh, lads, I believe he called us. Hmm. And I, I, I don't think, it's, it's been a while since we've been called lads, and uh, I I guess that's what they do over there. Well, you know, like, we'll, we'll know that when we go over, right? So yeah. we'll 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 just be among the lads. Okay. We'll be blokes. blokes well, yeah. Perhaps. Well, yeah. We're mates. Yeah. We can be mates. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Game number eight at Kansas City. Are you ready to put your brain to the test and uh, do the betting lines for this week? Number one. Ready? Okay. Yep. Uh, how many total catches for Jake Kumro? There <laughs> <laughs> go. The, the little tuna. Uh, okay. Now he's. It's going to depend on whether or not we have Devontae Adams. And I, I just don't – the way he's talking about his injury and the hat he's wearing on the sidelines <laughs> makes me think as though 
uh, he's he's not going to play next week. So if he doesn't play, of course, there'll be a lot more chances uh, for for Kumaro. And, you know, he had a good game this, this week. He had a couple of catches, 54 yards. That touchdown was really nice. He had to wait for the throw. But, you know, once he got there, he got in, in the end zone. So I think he's becoming a factor um, in the offense. So I'm going to set the line for him next week, expecting that he's going to play. I'll put a two and a half. Two and a half. That's a good line. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the over. I think okay. The fact that he Fair scored enough. a touchdown, I think it's going to get a couple more. I think it's going to be a big passing game next week too, yeah. um, which gets me to the second line. Uh, what do you think the pass run ratio will be? How many passes okay. per run do you think it'll be now this week? So we're going to need. Uh, Mitno Miller to do some math here, but uh, we had 31 attempts uh, and passing and 33, uh, 23 rushing. Yeah, so. it wasn't rushing though because there was three kneel downs for Boyle. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. And you and you really you really shouldn't count that. Well, and, we will though. That has it's in the stats. So all right, all right, and and then Rogers of course had the the the, the two runs. And you don't have to do it as a ratio. You can. Well, I guess ratios don't only do it. So, yeah. What do you think the ratio will be? So uh, this week it was essentially uh, three passes for every two runs. Uh, so you have a 60-40 split there essentially. Um, I think they like to be a little more balanced than that. So um, I'm going to say it's going to be more like um, 57 uh, to 43 kind of a balance. Fifty-seven to percent. Yeah, fifty-seven percent. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, so. So we're, I think, you know, right, uh, when, we're, when we're tilting toward that's a uh, one point three two ratio. I think is if I take fifty-seven to my forty-three, I get one point three three. Are we? Are you comfortable you, with that? Did you, did you do that in your head? Yeah, I did. That's uh, yeah, sure. that's how okay. it works. Yeah, I'm yeah, right. call me yeah. Rain Man. <laughs> So we'll we'll say it's 1.33. Okay. I'm gonna take the over. I think they pass right. a lot more than they they run uh, this right. week. Uh, number three, given the powerful offenses, although Mahomes isn't playing, how many punts total punts there'll be in the game next week? Both well, both I, teams. I, I'm hoping for a lot of punts because that's the the Packers. It's our strength. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He's he's awesome. Someone um, said Aaron Rodgers is wasting J.K. Scott's uh, prime. <laughs> Did somebody say that on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is brilliant. <laughs> I have got to trot that one out. <laughs> well, I'm, it's a shame we don't know who said that because that, that, is, that is brilliant. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, so so just kidding. He's got only three kicks uh, this week. And really, it's as good as the guy is. And by the way, did you see him tucking up his pants? <laughs> You look at the guys wearing Bermuda shorts out there, which haven't been a thing for like 50 years. But here's J.K. Scott out there with his, you know, his, his cycling shorts. <laughs> That's there. right. Yeah. yeah. But it's total uh, points both both teams. Or do you just want to do J.K. Scott? Oh, 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 both teams. Ooh. Well, hey, you're 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 setting the. Yeah. You know, I, I, well, my original intent was both teams. So. Okay. All right. Well, today we had we had five. I could really see next week being a very similar kind of game, actually. Um, but I'm going to, because I'm, su- I'm suspect of Kansas City right now uh, because they don't have their their guy. They're not they're playing with the MVP, and, and we know what that's like, right? Yep. So I'm going to say, I'm, I'll set it five and a half. Five and a half. All right, I'm going to take the over. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay, number four, the number of rec- Green Bay receivers that will have caught the ball next week. 
We had uh, one, two, three, week, four, five, six, week. seven, eight. Yes. And nine last week and eight the week before. And I, I think I'm seeing a pattern here. And again, it's going to depend. Uh, are we going to have uh, Devontae Adams right. playing? And if Devontae plays, there's probably going to be more like six or seven. Sternberger um, could play. Well, that's true. I mean, and and that's and they'll try to you know get him involved in in the game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Adams is not gonna play because that's what I predicated my Kumaro uh, pick on. Um, nine's a lot though. I'm I'll, I'll go I'll go seven and a half. If you do seven and a half, I'm gonna take the over. If you say eight and a half, I'd have done under. Okay. Um, but number five. What will be Kansas City's quarterback rating combined in case? two people play and whatever it is. So the total team quarterback rating, I assume it's going to be their backup who is, uh, I forget who that was. Um, I pulled it up before, but uh, what do you think their quarterback rating will be? Uh, boy. Well, uh, you know, I, they, they didn't do bad this week. I mean, with uh, on the Raiders, I mean, they had almost 130 of the passer rating and, and, you know, Andy, you know, Andy Reid smart. He's going to look at that film and he's going to see, well, you know, the way to beat them is go underneath. I don't have my guy, you know, so they're they're probably going to run the ball a fair amount, and because the Packers don't stop it well, and they'll they'll probably take what the defense gives them to avoid the sack. So I would not be surprised to see him have a pretty healthy quarterback rating. Um, I don't think it'll be 129.6, uh, but I'm going to say I think a quarterback rating for Kansas City. I can see that 98. 90, oh, 98. That's, uh, I'll take the over on that. Uh, no, I'm going to take the under. Take All right. The under. Okay. And actually, if we get the under, then we win. Yeah, I would say. I think so, too. Yeah. Number six, how many turnovers will Green Bay create? Ooh, today, just one. And this is I a guess there's a fumble. You know, Carr's fumble is a turnover? Oh, that's a good question. Um. I guess it would be because it is, yeah. It, it, it counts it in the stats. In, so even though it wasn't recovered by anybody, it's still it's still a fumble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are two, and I guess you, even though it wasn't forced by contact, it was still a fumble. So yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, Martinez pushed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. Did you see his? Did you see what he had in the stat? Sixteen tackles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it. I like Blake Martinez. I really do. And. I think he gets a lot of crap because the tackles are downfield, but he's still tackling them. I mean, you know, somebody's got to make that tackle, and he he still does it. Uh, but I mean, there is he's like I saw one today too, where he just kind of fell on the guy when on, on the ground, and you yeah. know, he gets a he gets a tackle. For a that. Ta- <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's yeah. everywhere. But yeah, he's kind of a scavenger when it comes to those things. Um, so turnovers, boy, if they're going to win, they're going to have to get them, and I think they will win. I'm going to put a two and a half. Two and a half. I'll take the under. That's a high number. Take the under. Uh, number seven, uh, Jimmy Graham, total yards. Oh, but I, 65 is a lot today is what he had. And I, it's hard to imagine him, you know, have another game like that. I'm going to put uh, – I'll put his yardage at uh, 52. 52. I'll take the – I'm gonna take the over on that one. Okay. I, I'm not. I, I'm not much of a Jimmy Graham fan, but I just have a feeling we're gonna throw the ball quite a bit next week. Um, so seven and a half. This is yes or no. Will they show uh, Super Bowl one highlights? 
Oh, well, they they did today yep. with the Super Bowl too. And it's uh, a so it's a Monday. Is it a Sunday night game or Monday night game? Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night. night. So yeah. you know they they do a lot of like perspectives when it's the not the noon game. You know, I I'm gonna say yes. I I think I just say yes too because I mean it's the first Super Bowl, right? And they don't play very often, so it would make complete sense for them to do that. So seven three fours. Will they do a segment after the kickoff? Will they do a segment where they compare Mahomes' no look passing to Rogers' no look passing? Like Rogers was the original no look passer, where I think he threw one across his body where he wasn't looking at Kuhn caught in the back of the end zone. You know that one highlight? Mm-hmm. I think it's Kuhn. Mm-hmm. Um, you think they're going to do that comparison? I say yes to that one. Uh, I think they're more likely to do a segment comparing Len Dawson and Bart Starr. Uh, so I'm going to say I'm going to say no. All right, no on that. Okay. Uh, and then the tiebreaker is Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating. Uh, I'm going to say 120.1. I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> but what <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> well, I'm I'm I think it's not going to be 158.3 because uh, I understand that they they've never had a perfect passer rating before. So I think that's probably safe. I don't think it'd be 120. I do think I do think they'll win. I I I, I think they will. But and Rogers is going to have to have a good passer rating. It's just uh, 120 is a is a good number. I I yeah, maybe I'm with, skewed by 158.3. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, it might be. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go 105. Okay. All right. Those are your betting lines. If you want right. to play along with me uh, and 30 of your closest friends. All you have to do is email your picks to mitnomiller at gmail.com. That's M-I-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com. So get your picks in. We will be reporting on these next week. I'm sure we will be in town. Uh, travel is mostly over for me, and uh, we're not going to have these long delays that I can think of anymore. So I uh, look forward to the the game against Kansas City. How do you solve a problem like Mike Miller? <laughs> well, you send him an email and you play the betting lines. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best way to do it. And uh, if you really want to get an up-close uh, look at a chemistry experiment, you got to go to the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. There are things growing in those rooms uh, that would make your high school biology teacher throw up on his shoes. So, um, but I think most of those guys they did probably anyway because they were experimenting with some of the with some of the medicines. Okay, <laughs> um, let's see pop culture. Pop culture. I got a good one. Okay. Uh, I saw the Joker uh, a couple weeks ago. I actually saw it chapter two last night. But I really want to talk about the Joker. The Joker. Uh, I believe tomato rating is kind of in the 50-60%, but the I think the audience tomato rating is more like in the 80s or 90s. Um, if you like yourself a dark movie that's well acted, that has uh, kind of a mix of Taxi Driver, and do you, do you ever see the, the movie King of Comedy with yes, uh, Robert De Niro? I love that movie. I that think- was brilliant. It was Jerry Lewis's, the only Jerry Lewis movie that was ever any good. Well, in this movie, uh, Robert De Niro plays a talk show host, and the Joker, played by Joaquin Phoenix, it's almost like that movie is it, – it's like an overlay of that movie. Um, it's super dark and twisted, but uh, that's what a Joker movie really should be. I really enjoyed it. It's hard to recommend because it's so 
dark, but man, Walking Phoenix has great actor. Great, a actor. great actor, and he does the Joker laugh so perfectly, and it's you can't tell if he's crying or laughing as he's as he's doing it, and it's just it's it's a movie that sort of stuck with me, and part of it's terrifying because I think it's in a lot of ways it's a uh, it's a cry against society, uh, uh, kind of against the rich and uh, those who are kind of a champion for those who are unfortunate and it's kind of like let's rally up and kill everybody but um but it's a uh i mean it's a really impactful uh interesting well-acted movie and i didn't i thought it was going to be kind of blah on it and i i was really uh taken by it so i'd be curious to see if anyone has seen it and liked it and what their thoughts are i certainly people could have hated it i it would be something I think like my mom would hate, um, my wife would hate, but I I really enjoyed it. So um, I actually think Chris, you might for a superhero movie, this yeah, might be one yeah. you might like. Uh, this, it's well, this does sound like something I would like, um, and I, it's got a lot of good buzz out there. And the way you've described it, it does it it does sound like it's in my wheelhouse. So I I that's the the uh, it chapter two uh, I just needed to to finish that up because I'm a I was a Stephen King fan growing up read it and scared me when I was a kid um, saw the TV series back in the day which was does not aged well um, but the first movie chapter one I thought was was good and you know the new way you can do uh, special effects now makes that story really interesting but. I wasn't a big fan of the second one. It's three hours long too. I don't. I can't do three hours anymore. In this cell phone society, I can't pay attention to anything for longer than maybe two hours. It's it's pretty tough. But so uh, you're so you're telling me that's not a documentary about information technology? No, it's. Uh, oh, yes, actually, cute. no, no, no. Actually, it is, and you should go see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, I'll yeah, do that. Bring your bring your wife and uh, go see <laughs> it. Chapter two. <laughs> Boy, that sounds good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, do, I don't really have anything that's that's novel. I've, I've been. Uh, this was a, a very busy week. I didn't get a chance to, you know, indulge myself much with uh, any kind of pop culture. Although I, I did watch a couple episodes of the most recent season of The Handmaid's Tale, and uh, I, I think that's gotten kind of tepid uh, reviews. I'm about halfway through the season now, I guess. I think it's good. I think it's still good. I, I still like it. It's some real, you know, quality. Um, uh, I was to say movie making. It's I guess it is kind of a movie, um, but really it's 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 well it's well uh, written, and I think they've kind of done a good job of kind of building out that dystopian society, and there is some really really fine acting performances from Elizabeth Moss to you know the rest of the crew. There there's just a lot of a lot of power. Uh, Bradley Whitford is uh, plays a more prominent role in mm-hmm. in this season, and and, uh, yeah, and he's from Madison, Wisconsin, which is kind of nice. But he's also a really gifted actor, and I, you know, it, maybe people are played out on The Handmaid's Tale, but I, I, I still think it's good, and I think it's worth a watch at least uh, through uh, you know half halfway through the most recent season at least. I like it too. Yeah, I think it's it's another very dark show, but it's yep, yep. Uh, I think it's a high quality show. I did start uh, a Paul Rudd Netflix show called Living with Yourself, and uh, for the first three episodes, I've been enjoying it. I I've laughed a couple times, and the premise is is pretty fun. So um, I haven't gone all the way through that, but I that's been a I, that's one I think I would recommend so far is Living with Yourself. I think it's called with Paul Rudd. All yeah. you have to do is go on Netflix, and you'll see it pop up. I'm sure right away. Huh. 
Paul Rudd. I I didn't know he was still alive. So that's good. No, that's he isn't. Good. Not only is he alive, he hasn't aged uh, a day uh, since. You're, you're kidding me. Since really? Clueless, yes, he looks exactly oh, the same as. Uh, he looked old when he was a teenager. And he looks the same as he's 50 <laughs> years old or whatever he is. So, <laughs> all right. So, so there's the uh, pop culture. Uh, we've done the betting lines. Uh, and the only email that we received with the game so far was from Chris Raleigh, but I know we'll be getting email from others. I imagine I Chuck is going to be in touch with us from uh, Paris. He's our man in Paris. Uh, so we'll we'll be hearing from uh, from a few people I think as as we go along. Thanks to all of those who. You know, follow our Twitter feed. I guess we got like I don't know, thirteen hundred people or something, and and we and we do get a lot of likes and things and things that are posted, and we do appreciate the the give and take from you guys. Uh, so thank you for being in touch with us. If if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, at Packers Therapy. And I also hear people um, who shamelessly, you know, go on their podcasts, and I mean, even at the beginning of their podcasts, and they beg people to go to iTunes and please give me five stars and say how much because it helps people find no I mean they're just insecure <laughs> we we would never well at least we haven't in the past five or ten years gone on and say yes go to iTunes and tell them how great our podcast is and and how much you love it and why it's a must download and a must listen every week we would never suggest to people that they go on and do a thing that would be beneath us so whatever you do this week uh, do not go to iTunes and do not uh, rate this podcast and say how freaking fantastic it is and how great the hosts are. We don't want you to do that, so please don't. Uh, Fair. I think you're going to get a lot of people responding to that positively. I think you're going to get <laughs> a, think, a surge. Count on it. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so I think that's uh, all I got. Have, have we covered everything that we need to? Chris, we're six and one. We can do whatever we want. Uh, Seattle has <laughs> lost. San Francisco sucks. Uh, I don't know. Minnesota, true colors will come through. Super Bowl, baby. This is this is happening this year. First year for Matt Lafleur makes the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? That would be something. When I was thinking about that, is that man that that doesn't happen very often. Do you know why it's going to happen for him? Because he he's so handsome. And he's it, people, a handsome man. People who he's are handsome man. always get. Win always, yes, it's gonna happen. We just, we just need to hire the most handsome coaching staff, and that's gonna make us successful. That's how the world works. So is that? So that's why Andy Reid ha- hasn't. Uh, won that's a Super right. Bowl. That's why Tom Brady has six <laughs> Super Bowls. It's who, by the way, it makes a cameo appearance in uh, the Paul Rudd Netflix uh, show, really, which is really? somewhat controversial. Yes, because he pops out of a uh, massage parlor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And then when they, they interviewed him about it, he's like, is that a shot at, at uh, a craft? He's like, what are you talking about? It's uh, <laughs> How could he not know coming out of a massage parlor? It's not aimed at craft. That's anyway. Uh, you're, you're talking about the uh, mac and cheese company, right? They, yeah. Um, okay, no, no. Right, I'm talking about yeah. Robert Kraft. And, oh, uh, I see. I was, I, I, I was totally confused about that. And maybe we'll pick Kraft in our, our uh, headline or in our, uh, in our show title. Uh, 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 Packers crafty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Hopefully Nick is Packers have a happy party. ending in, in, at Lambeau. <laughs> okay. Did you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is crafty Packers 
with a happy ending at Lambeau. That's, See, this is usually this is what happens after this podcast ends. This exact back and forth. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got one on tape this time. <laughs> All right. So now people know what the title of the podcast is, and I wonder how Nick is going to write uh, the. Well, that'll be interesting. I yeah. I am looking forward to hearing uh, you know what what Nick does uh, when he writes up uh, crafty Packers with get a happy ending in Lambo. <laughs> I I. I can hardly wait to see how he describes that. Okay. It's fantastic. We might have to shut the whole thing down uh, if he takes it too far. But it's a fine line of taking it too far. Um, I, think, I think pretty much anything goes on uh, on Packers stock. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, anything but short podcasts, that's for sure. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I. And speaking of which, I think we probably bored people enough. They've, they've done their penance. Uh, you know, they can return to their work release program. Uh, we will be back, though. Packers play Sunday night. Uh, we're doing this on a Sunday night, and they'll be playing a week from tonight. Uh, we will watch the game because as is our habit, as has been our habit uh, since since we were little boys, and we will continue to do that as big boys. <laughs> and then we will come back uh, probably early next week with another podcast, whether you like it or not. Uh, and until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers there. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.